chapter 1. We're going to be, uh, during the month of, of December, we're going to be in and around the Christmas story most all the time. Uh, so uh, let's go to Luke chapter 1. Let's stand up in honor of God's Word. Let's read this together. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Okay, this is, I want you to keep uh, in mind here, this morning I'm going to talk about do not be afraid. I want you to kind of take note of how many times in this it's they're told not to be afraid. We're going to begin with verse 13, chapter 1 of Luke. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel, will be, will, he will bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the, of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of, right, of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah answered, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you do not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home, and after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Gabriel's pretty busy right now. To a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with the Lord. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I pray that we would hear the words from Jesus, hear the words from God this morning, that we, when we are in the middle of your will, when we are doing the things that you have called us to do, that we don't have to be afraid. And Father, today in the world that we live in, there's a lot of fear. And I pray today that if there's someone here today that is, has some fear in their life, Father, I pray that they would give that to you today and live in the peace that comes from knowing you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I started through this and I was uh, 
reading through Luke and Matthew and I started noticing how many times in here that it says do not be afraid and and uh the Lord is talking to Zechariah here. He tells him not to be afraid. He talks to Mary, tells her not to be afraid. In Matthew one twenty, he talks to Joseph and he tells him not to be afraid. Uh, when he comes to the, uh, to the shepherds, he tells them not to be afraid. And several times through this story, it says, do not be afraid. And I don't know about you, but when someone says, do not be afraid, what's the first thing that you think of? I'm going to be afraid. If your waitress comes to you and says, now don't be afraid to eat this, the first thing you're going to think is, why? You're going to think there's something that's going on. And, and, and uh, you know, we just don't say don't be afraid that often unless there's something to be afraid of. Uh, not too long ago, somebody told me not to be afraid. Cindy and I was uh, down in Gatlinburg and uh, we were on vacation. And for years, my wife has wanted to go zip lining. She's, she said for years, I would love to go zip lining. I want to go zip lining. And there was a couple of times we were down at Branson and she said, we ought to call them down there and see about zip lining. And so I called them once and it was very expensive and I was right at the weight limit. And so I was afraid that when I got there, that, uh, the scale would be wrong and then I would be embarrassed and not be able to go zip lining. And so I said, I just don't want to go zip lining. And so when we went to Gap, though, at the place that we stayed, we got a coupon and one person in your party could go zip lining for free. And I thought, well, this, this is Cindy's opportunity. She can go for free and I don't have to go. And I'll sit in the car and I told her, I said, I'll sit in the car and wait on you and it will be wonderful. This is going to be a blessed occasion and you'll get to enjoy this. So she goes up to the counter and she starts talking and she comes back and she says, and, and I had lost a little bit of weight at the time. And, and I was, I was really, I was, I was more afraid of not being able to get the stuff on and getting on the scale and them saying, listen, fatty McButter pants, you're too big. You can't, you can't ride. I was really afraid of being, uh, made fun of and things like that. And so Cindy comes back and she says, oh, this is a wonderful, wonderful day for you. It's it's not got anything to do with your weight. It's all got to do with your girth. And she knew how girthy I am. And she said, she said, you are well within the girth restrictions. You're not that big around. And I am pretty big around, but I was well within the thing. And I was like, oh, goody. Oh, joyous day. We're going to go zip lining, you know? And so we get up there and the guy starts his little spiel and he looks at me the whole time and he goes, you don't have to worry about this. And he's not talking, all these other skinny people are there. He ain't talking, he's looking at me and he goes, you ain't got to worry about this. We've got two lines and they'll hold 8,000 pounds. He doesn't look at anybody else. He's looking at me and he goes, and you've got two safety things. And he said, there's no way you're going to fall. You don't need to be afraid. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So we get on there and they hook me to the thing, you know, and as soon as I put my feet off the ground, the poles start going in like that. No, it wasn't like that. He puts this little old 80 pound woman. I mean, she was a stick. She was a stick. And he puts her on there and he pushes her down the thing, you know, and you're sliding down through there and you can hear 
it's got these rollers on this thing that you're hooked to. It's got these rollers, and you can hear her going down through there, and she's going, and she gets towards the end, and it slows down. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds, that don't sound like it's so bad. The bigger you are, (laughs) the faster you go. And so they had these, they had these instructions. And he said, he said, when you get towards the end, he said, if you're coming in fast, she goes, he goes, some of you will never have to put the brakes on. He said, but some of you will. And I had this glove with this big leather thing in there. And he said, we'll go like this. And that means to get your hand up on the, on the line. He said, just have your hand ready. And he said, if we start going like this, then you just push down on that line a little bit and it'll slow you down. So I heard this lady go and he was just like, and I was like, well, they're not going that fast at all. This is going to be good. And I was watching down there, you know, I could see down to the very end and, and, and he doesn't put his hand up or do anything like this. And she just slides in there and just, and I'm like, this is, I can do this. I can do this. So he hooks me up on there and he goes, don't be afraid. <laughs> and I'm going, <laughs> it's true, isn't it, Cindy? You can hear, you can hear it on there. And I'm like, this is different. This is a different sound. I haven't heard this sound and smoke is coming out of this thing in front of me. And and I'm a long ways away from the check, you know, the station where you stop. And he goes, whoop, like that. And then he starts going. And I'm sitting there, my glove is just. Smoke is Every, I mean, nobody had to use. I used the brakes every single time. There was this one, there was one of them. And it was a half a mile long. And you were 500 feet above the ground. And I mean, I was smoking through that thing. And every time he'd be like, stop, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And I got to tell you, at first I was kind of scared. But then when I had somebody that knew what they were talking about, and knew what was going on. And this guy, they, was, they were really good. And they were like, this is what's going to happen. This is what you need to do. And this, and we'll get you through. And you're going to be all right. Don't be afraid. You know, by the time I got a couple in, I wasn't afraid anymore. Because somebody who knew what was going on was telling me, don't be afraid. But we live in a culture where there is a lot of fear. And I think, it, I think there's more fear now and when I was a kid, I don't remember being afraid of everything when I was a kid. I was thinking, I was thinking back the other day, I didn't wear a seatbelt till I was 17 years old. And the only reason I did then was because no vehicle we owned had seatbelts. The vehicle I've got at that time had a seatbelt. And we, I started wearing seatbelts when I started dating Cindy. She was a bad driver. No, no, I bet that's when I had a car that had a seatbelt. I didn't, I didn't own a car that had seatbelts. I never wore seatbelts until I was 17 years old. I remember one time me and my dad went down to uh, Kabul to go get some seed corn. I rode in the back of the pickup from Mansfield all the way to Kabul. They put all them bags of seed in the back. I rode in the back of the pickup. If DFS saw my dad today, they would have took me away from him. It's just a different day. 
It's a different day. There's more fear. And, and I'm not saying that's bad, good or bad. I'm not saying. I'm just saying we, we just weren't afraid. And in the day and age we live in, there's fear. There's fear. The other day, Cindy and I was going on a trip, and we went on a little excursion to buy a, to buy a clawfoot tub. I don't know if it was a good idea or not, but we decided. And so I got on the, uh, so I started looking for them. A friend of mine said, you can buy these old clawfoot tubs and you can refinish them. And Cindy's always wanted a clawfoot tub. So I, so I got on the Craigslist and I was looking, I was looking at the Craigslist and I found one up, up, you know, north of here. And so we, we was, I, I called the guy, you know, and he's like, oh yeah, this is where we are. And this is how you get there. And, you know, and we turned off on this dirt road and it just gets thinner and narrower and more grown up. And I, has anybody ever watched Criminal Minds? I was like, Cindy, we got a, do we have a gun with us? I was making, and we did. I was just making sure. I, I said, this, I mean, this, that's like Criminal Minds, you know, where they start off and they lure people in with clawfoot tubs and then they kill them. I mean, yeah. And that's the, that's the day and age we live. And I was like, what? what? And I was thinking about this. And I was like, why is the kid who was not afraid to ride in the back of his dad's pickup and not afraid to ride without a seatbelt. Why am I, why do I think, and why is there so much fear in my life? And it's the day we live in. And I, and I wondered, I got to thinking, maybe there's fear in your life too. Maybe there's fear around you. Maybe there's things around you. And, and then I started wondering, is that the way God wants us to live? Does God want us to live in this constant fear of everything? What is it? What is the, what is the place where God wants us to live? Because I, I, lots of, there, there, there is a thought out there where people think that if I'm a Christian and I'm following God, then I don't have to be afraid of anything. I can jump off a cliff, I'll be fine. I can, I can do whatever I want to. God's going to take care of me so I don't have to take, I, don't, I can take any uh, chances in my life. I don't have to think about anything. God's going to take care of me no matter what. And, and I think that God can, but I don't think that's where God wants us either. And so there's some place between being afraid of everything and having no sense whatsoever, there's some place in there that God calls us to be as Christians. Because I don't think he wants us afraid of everything. I don't think he wants us afraid to, to act or to, to be afraid of everything around the corner or be af- afraid of people or, or be afraid to live. But I also don't think that he wants us just to, to, to be ridiculous. So I was wondering as I was reading through this, where is it and how does God want us to live? And I came up with two things. How can we live without fear? And the, re- and the answer to that is we have to live within the boundary of God's instruction. So I want us to look at the people that were here in the Christmas story, the people that we talked about today. We talked about Zechariah, we talked about Mary, and we talked about Joseph. And, and these guys were in positions where they legitimately had some fear. I mean, look at these folks, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they're old. I mean, they're old. And all of a sudden... They have a baby to take care of. I'm tell you what, I'm not, I'm not terribly old, but I'm going to tell you, you, and these guys were older than I am. And I'm telling you, I don't, I don't want a baby to take care of at my age. All right. I didn't want them when I was young enough to have them, but no, no, I did. But you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, my mind, my mindset is out of that. 
I'm like grandkids, come to my house, we love you, let's have fun, let's clean everything up and go home. You know, that's, and these guys, these guys were, oh, and I have to be thinking in their mind, they're like, how am I going to do, they had some legitimate fear. And Mary, he comes, the, 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 the Gabriel comes to Mary and, and she has legitimate fear. This is not going to look good. She is a virgin and she is pregnant. And nobody's going to believe that story at all. Nobody's going to. And Joseph has to do the same thing. This is my wife. She's a virgin. We've never been together and she's pregnant. Nobody's going to believe that story. And so these guys have legitimate fear. And the Lord comes to them and says, don't be afraid. Well, what do they all have in common? Well, the the word says that Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous. They were blameless. That's the words that it uses. For Mary, it says that she had found favor with God. It says that Joseph was a righteous man. So they they were in a right relationship with God. (coughs) When we are in a right relationship with God, we don't have to fear. When we are in a right relationship, we, have, we are in a place where we can have peace and we can have comfort. And these guys, even though they were in legitimate situations where there was, things were not going to go good, but they did not have to fear. And the word says, if God is for me, who can be against me? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If God is with me and I am in a right relationship with him, I'm going to tell you this morning, we do not have to have fear in our life. But that doesn't mean that there won't be anything go wrong. I mean, it doesn't mean that everything's going to go perfect. I mean, why does the angel tell these guys not to have fear? Because there's some, there's some hard things coming down the road. Can you imagine you're a young girl and you're pregnant and you go to your mom and dad because they're going to find out. Mom and dad, I'm pregnant. An angel came to me. I'm carrying the son of God. They're like, well, that's a new one. Never heard that one before. That's, that's, mom, that's really what happened. Mary, you have never lied to me before. Why are you lying to me? Mom, dad, I'm not lying. This is, this is what happened. Come on, Mary, just tell us the truth. Can you imagine? She's got some hard days. Joseph is facing the same thing at his house. This is what's going on. Those, they had some legitimate things to fear. And yet God says, don't be afraid. You're in a right relationship with me. Her family even sent her away sent her away for a while. And, and so Joseph has a t- trouble with shame and so does she, but they didn't have to fear. When we go with God and when you follow God, that doesn't mean that you are exempt from trouble. But if we are with God and you are in a right relationship with God, we don't have to be afraid. It doesn't mean there won't be trouble, but it, doesn't, but it does mean we don't have to be afraid. But it doesn't mean that we have to be foolish either. God was with Mary and Joseph, and they were in a right relationship. But later in the story, God tells them to avoid Herod. Do you guys remember that part of the story? Later in the story, it's, it's uh, towards, towards the end there. He says, he says, Herod wants to kill your son, and so go to Egypt. Okay? Well, if they're in a right relationship with God, why doesn't God just get rid of Herod? Because God doesn't always get, away, go get rid of the evil. 
God allows evil to happen in the world we live in. And so God gives us feelings in our heart. God gives us messages in our life. And we are supposed to listen to and follow the urgings and the, and the, and the words of God in our life. And it says, it, it, I think it's interesting here that when the angel spoke to Joseph the first time, he said, do not be afraid. When he spoke to him about Herod, he doesn't say, don't be afraid. I wonder if Joseph has already listened to the Lord and he has been following the Lord and he has seen how God's working and he knows he's not afraid now. He knows that Joseph's going to do whatever he says when he says it. He doesn't even have to tell him not to be afraid anymore because he is following God so closely that he knows he's not afraid. Wouldn't that be a wonderful place to be where you are so in tune with God and you are so following God that you follow him without fear, without anxiety in your life? Wouldn't that be a wonderful place to live? I find as I get older, and, the, and if you talk to older people, people that have followed God for hundreds of years, like Eldon Moore and people like that, uh, no, but people that have followed the Lord for a long time, they'll say, the more I follow God, the less I worry. The less fear that I have, the less anxiety I have, I... I, I I hear God and I know God and I know his voice and I follow him. And so we have this place where we we know we don't have to be afraid, but we have this place where we also have to listen and follow him. Now think about this. The king, King Herod, has your son on his hit list. He has made the king is after him. That's not like somebody down the road that's upset at you. The king is after you. This is a big deal. And, and yet in the middle of that, Joseph is not afraid. If, if someone said the president of the United States, the, the secret service is out to get you, I would be worried, okay? And that's what is going on here. And in the midst of this, he says, don't be afraid, Well, he didn't tell him don't be afraid this time. He just said, follow me. And in that, he trusts God. He has peace with God. The king is after me, but I am with God. Things aren't going right around my house. Things aren't going right in my world, but I'm with God. Things around me are kind of hectic and things aren't going perfect at my job, but I am with God. And folks, the place you have to be, the place that you can be where you don't have fear and where you don't have anxiety is when you are with God. We're we're in a society of people who are afraid. As we've gone through this last election thing, it it is something to watch. People are... People were afraid of who was going to win. People were afraid of who won. And people are just afraid. They're afraid. They're, they're afraid of the economy. They're afraid of health care. They're afraid of war. Joseph had legit fear. And yet, he was not afraid. And folks, God wants to speak that same kind of peace into our life. And we can have the same thing. And, we, and Joseph had it because he listened to God. And we don't need to live in fear as long as we are truly following God. There are times in my life when I think about the future, when I think about uh, life, and I can feel fear sometimes inching in on me. 
And when I do that, I mean, I mean, here's the deal. This is life. And we have kids and, and, you know, they go through things and, and they have problems and, and everybody has these kinds of things and you, and you start letting your mind go and then you can feel fear inching in. I'm, I'm getting older and I'm wondering how, how, what am I going to do when I retire and things like that. And, and fear, I can feel fear inching in on me. And when that happens, I feel like I just need to say, God, am I where you want me to be? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Am I doing the things that you have called me to do? Am I taking care of the things that you have called me to take care of? Am I in complete obedience with you? And if I am, I don't have to fear. But if I'm not, then I have to go back and change those things and those places in my life that aren't lining up to what God has for me to do. I have to go back. If I feel fear and, and, and there's legitimate things that God says, this is a place where, where I want you to change, then that's what I need to do. But as long as I am where God would have me to be, I don't have to be afraid. It doesn't mean everything's going to go right. It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. But I can live without fear. The question then is, is God with us? Or better yet, are you with God? Are you with God today? Are you in that place where you can say like Joseph did, I'm listening to God, I trust God in everything. Are you like Mary and Joseph and Zechariah? Are you, and I'm gonna ask you this morning, are you living a righteous life? Because those are the people that don't have fear in their life. Are you in a right relationship with God this morning? Is there something, or is there something between you and God this morning? Is there a sin or a habit or a place where you have been disobedient to God or you continue to be disobedient to God? Or is there something that you have set up as an idol in, in front of you that is between you and God, your career or, or whatever, your money or whatever it is that you, or even your children, something you have set up that you just don't listen to God in that area. I've got control of this and God, you can't have it. I'm going to tell you, if, if you've got control of it, you better be afraid. But if God's got control of it, you don't have to fear. Does, you, do you, does your peace today come from God? Are you looking for peace? And do you need peace in your life? Are you looking for peace in other places, in your work? Are you looking for security in your job or maybe in relationships? Or do you get your security from, from uh, social media or from people around you? Do you get your security from drugs or alcohol this morning? You are only ever going to have true peace if your peace comes from God. Do you have peace this morning? If we were sitting in a room this morning, it was just me and you. And we were being dead honest this morning. I said, if you, are you at peace with God? Is everything right between you and God? And it was just me and you. What would your answer be today? Do you have peace with God? I want us to stand. Lance, I want you to come this morning. Jesus came so that we could have peace. He came so that we could have that right relationship with God. We can be brought back into a right relationship with God. You can have that this morning. You don't, you don't have to have fear in your life. You can leave this building this morning knowing that everything between you and God is right. 
You can have peace today. You don't have to live in the fear of the unknown. You can know that you're hooked to the God of the eternity this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe there's something that's between you and God. Maybe there's sin or a habit or something that you're holding on to that you don't want to let go of and you don't want to, let, you don't want to trust God with every part of your life. This morning you can leave here with complete peace and no fear because you know God and you are in a right relationship with him. We're going to open up the altars this morning. If the word is spoke to you today, you know exactly what God's saying to you and you know what you need to pray about. If you need to pray today, come as we sing this morning. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of